0: Welcome to the Conscious Creator Podcast, where we talk about how wild it is to have a human experience and how you can maximize your enjoyment of it. I'm Rach, and I've spent the last few years as a traveling content creator, moving to new places, and trying more creative career paths than I can count. Staying grounded and in a high-vibe state when you're attempting to live a life outside of societal norms is essential for success. Let's dive in. All right, welcome to another episode of the Conscious Creator Podcast. Today, I've got Parker Shepard. Parker is a professional FPV drone pilot, videographer, and photographer from West Virginia. He traveled the world creating content, working with companies and brands, and he's an entrepreneur and has a team of creatives back home at his agency, P PShep Media, where he provides media marketing solutions to businesses and companies. Welcome, Parker.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, thanks for being here. I appreciate you. Of course. Um, Okay, so just to start it off for people who don't know who you are a lot about you and even from your Instagram, I'm not sure um, like how you started your journey. So just kind of dive into literally like dive into (laughs) (laughs) your journey with FPV and um just videography in general like did you do regular camera video before FPV or like how did it all kind of start?
1: Yeah so I started with um, videography and photography um, pretty young I feel like I didn't get serious into it until probably like my senior year of high school but when I was younger like I remember like getting like an iPod touch had like a camera on it where you like record stuff and like we'd go out and like record like snowboarding videos or anything like that and like done like a little like editing software on the iPod to like edit clips together. So like ever since I was like pretty young I did some like little video stuff, I never really thought that would be like career or anything like that Um, until like later in high school I bought my first DSLR to film like some videos of my friends doing like cliff jumping and longboarding and stuff like that to make like YouTube videos. and then I remember my senior year, I got approached by our like high school's football team. And they are like, hey, we'd love to ma- have you make a video of like our football team and stuff um, to kind of put out on Facebook and show it the game and stuff for the seniors. And that was kind of the first time I was like, oh my gosh, I could like make money doing this. Um, so like all up until that point, I'd plan on going to college and like becoming a petroleum engineer. Um, cause of course my family is engineers. Um, and then, kind of as I started to do more and more videography stuff through my senior year of high school, um, I started to kind of consider that as being a career opportunity. So I decided to switch my major and going into college and switch to um, a creative field. So I did sports and adventure media. Um, It was like a new degree they had at the university I was going to. Um, Did that for a few years um, and kind of took on some internships and stuff like that, doing videography and photography while also starting my own agency at the same time, Pshut Media. Um, And I kind of just like started trying to grow that as much as possible during college. Um, I started to pick up some serious clients and then it kind of started to snowball from there. More and more clients started coming in. Um, And then going into college then, I think think my junior year of college, I decided to finally drop out and take media stuff full time. And around the same time as whenever I found FPV stuff, it was just kind of, I was looking for something new and creative. Like I feel like in my agency, I'm just constantly looking for new ways to do media stuff, new ways to attract new clients, new creative ways to showcase whatever um, businesses we're working for, like real estate or anything like that. Hmm. And I saw some friends that I had in Chicago doing these things called indoor drone tours. Um, it was the first time anything like that had ever been happening. Um, and they were using these FPV drones. And we kind of seen some people using FPV drones in the past, like Sam Coulter and some people like that using FPV drones, but I was hesitant to jump into it because it was such a big upfront cost and such a learning curve to get into it that I was like, oh, I don't know that it'd be worth spending that much money getting into it um, if there's not that much return on it. And then once I saw my friends in Chicago doing um, the indoor drone tours, I was like, oh, this could be like a real business opportunity here in West Virginia because nobody's doing anything like that. So I reached out to them. They kind of helped me get set up with my first drones. Um, And then it just kind of snowballed from there. I just started, like, I started traveling around the same time. Um, Went to Iceland for the first time. Started capturing FPV stuff out there, which is when I think I fell in love with shooting, like, landscapes and stuff like that um, with FPV. Just showcasing anything and everything I could in a new and unique way with FPV. And then it kind of cornered me into this niche that I'm in now with FPV stuff where I'm just kind of shooting everything, um, with FPV drones. Uh, I tell people all the time, like, I don't really care what I'm shooting. I just love flying, flying and capturing stuff in new ways. So just kind of taking any opportunity I can get to continuously build the, build the portfolio while also like meeting new people and getting the fly FPV drones. So that's, that's kind of funny. how I ended up where I'm at now.
0: <laughs> I love the stepping stone stories. Cause you know, one thing leads to another and you know all of a sudden you've got brands paying you to fly these drones and you just wanted to do it for fun right so yeah um, yeah <laughs> um okay so when you started traveling did you start reaching out to brands or how did you uh, like other than flying through properties how did you start making money from it
1: Traveling, I really didn't make money on for the longest time. It was just like I really enjoyed doing it, and I loved doing on doing it. So I kind of used the funds I was gathering from my agency back home to kind of support my travels. Um, and so it wasn't for like the first year that I like started reaching out to Airbnbs and stuff like that for collaborations. Like I didn't really know that you could do that. Um, being from West Virginia, a small town, there was nobody else really doing anything like that, and really nobody else doing anything like that. Um, I'd met some other people, like travelers in the process, like content creators. Um, as I started to go further into it, they were like, oh, you can like pitch Airbnbs and like save them for free and stuff like that. But like that was also foreign to me when I first started. So I was mainly when I first started just saving up money to go on a trip and just dirtbagging it in another country to, <laughs> to get by. Um, I remember my first trip to Iceland, we like just stay the cheapest Airbnbs we could find like $50 a night for two of us like sleeping in like the guest bedroom of like farmhouses and stuff like that running like this we were in this little like super old suzuki that would like every time we would turn on it would like stutter for a few minutes before it finally turned on like we just questioned whether it was even gonna start every morning um eating ramen noodles every day like just <laughs> do whatever we had to do to get by to, but like we just really enjoyed being out and exploring other countries, exploring other cultures, stuff like that. So like just doing whatever it took to be able to go out and do that. Um, And then it wasn't until like a year in that I like started to build a following and like met a bunch of other creators that were like, oh, you can like pitch Airbnbs and like trade content, stay there for free. And like that was kind of the outlet to start doing it. And then then as I grew on social media and stuff like that, I started reaching out to brands to um, help fund some of the trips and stuff like that. Um, even then still now, like there's still a lot of trips where it's like, I'm just paying for it out of pocket. Cause it's a trip I really want to do. And then like, I'm like, Oh, I'll figure out the financial side, whether I get sponsors and stuff later who are like, just make money off social media and anything like that, whatever I can do to help cover the cost of the trip. Like I just really want to do this trip. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a long process, um, but made
0: it. <laughs> I love it. What are some of your favorite brands that you've worked for and like, what's their, vision you know because FPV footage is like very niche so i'm curious what brands use it
1: yeah um we've done a lot of like like fpb smaller brands we've worked with so like brands that are trying to get off the ground i feel like FPV is still such a new thing that a lot of companies are still trying to get out there and get their name out there so we've done some stuff for some of them um but like now we it's not only like a, like a sponsorship, but like we kind of do some stuff with GoPro here and there. Like they'll just, um, I think just because we use GoPro so much and like we post about them all the time, like love using their products, love using their cameras. They just like, anytime we need anything, they always like supply it for us. Um, we just kind of message them we're like, hey, like we're going on a trip. We could use like an extra GoPro or two for this trip. And they'll just kind of like help us out with that. Um, so that's been an awesome relationship we built with them. Um done some stuff for like we're working with um polar pro now we're working with right now to kind of produce some um, some new and creative content that like they haven't really done before mm-hmm. so like just kind of showcasing new ways that we can use their filters and stuff like that too um in in the fbv realm um yeah, just just different different brands like that. We're always looking for new ways that we can work with brands and showcase their their companies, their businesses, their brands, um, just in a creative and new way that hasn't really been seen before.
0: I love it. And then with your media company, what do you primarily focus on? Like, do you also do brands that have like FPV products? Because like you put a GoPro on an FPV, you put a Fuller Pro on a GoPro. Like that's all. It makes sense to shoot those types of yeah, things. Yeah pv um but in terms of your media company like where's the what's your niche
1: um we do a little bit of everything with the media company um we work with a lot of local brands here in west virginia we work with a lot of real estate agents uh, local companies then a lot of coal mining stuff so like um different like hiring ads and stuff like that we have two other employees that work for, for work for me so i've got another full-time guy that um Handles all of our videography and photography stuff now. Um, he's kind of like the creative the creative director now for P Media, and then we've got another guy that just works for us whenever as needed. He's in their FPV pilot that helps with like drone tours for real estate properties. Um, he's traveled with me for jobs like we've worked with um, like Haley Kiyoko, for example, an artist um, out of LA. We traveled to Portugal last year to film a bunch of music videos for her, mm. and he came with us for that job. Um, he just kind of helps a lot of like drone building and stuff like that because he's way better at the technical side of FPV than I am. So I kind of let him handle all that stuff. He's phenomenal. Um, he helps with a lot of the builds. He helps with um, like tuning stuff. He'll help do um, kind of like a lot of like the backend stuff that comes with FPV. Um, so it's been super blessed to have him on the team to help anything we need for that. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a lot of like, just the local business marketing stuff. Um, and then I obviously do a lot of FPV jobs on the side through p Media, um, we'll shoot like concerts and stuff like that all across the US. We'll help out with other agencies, we get contracts by other agencies a lot to film FPV for their jobs. So like um, traveling to shoot at resorts or shoot for um, different like like car commercials or boat shoots or anything like that. Like we're gonna boat shoot next week in California. Um, just different different oddball jobs, it's a little bit of everything. Um, that we kind of cover with b media so we worked with a few brands here and there they're like global brands but um to help kind of produce some like spotlight stuff um some of the fitness industry industry mainly um yeah just just a little bit of everything
0: <laughs> that's pretty nice because i know it's like especially with concerts you're flying above a bunch of people so if you were to go in and just pitch yourself and not go through another company is that like Trickier, yeah. and you need more permits, and
1: um, you definitely need more permits. There's a lot of more regulations when it comes to flying a drone over people. So the toughest thing that we face is just like one: the drone has to be under 250 grams. It has to be has to have the props protected, and now as of this year, it has to have remote ID. Um, so it's just been like. <laughs> Kind of a lot of regulations that just get thrown at you that you have to comply with. Um, so that's kind of where my other pilot, Colomona he's kind of helped with. Um, we've him and I have bounced back and uh, bounce back and forth ideas and like, hey, maybe we can try this to get the drone underweight. We can try this um, and just kind of like this. Picking out what would work best and designing a setup that would work best for doing shoot, um, shots like that, which is nice to work with another agency because then we can focus on the drone side of things, and then they handle the less the rest of like editing and everything else like that. Um, so we can kind of do what we do best then they can handle the rest of the job. So um, mm-hmm. we can handle the permits, handle um, getting any authorizations we need for airspace, anything like that, talking with the client, even or the venue itself to kind of educate them on the safety of it, which is a huge part of doing jobs like that. There's just so many venues like that. It's so new that they're very hesitant because they hear flying a drone over 6,000 people. They're they kind of freak out a little bit. So yeah. <laughs> initially educating them be like, no, like what we're doing is safe. Like we're insured for this. Like we've had so much experience doing this um, and we're following all regulations that are put in place cause a lot of them don't even know that there's regulations for that to follow. So just because it's so new and nobody's done it in the past um, that there's just a lot of education that comes along with that. So just being able to let the agency handle the rest of um, the shoot and everything like that while we handle just the drone specific stuff is very nice.
0: So nice. Um, Is there like a favorite project that you've worked on that, like, I think shooting concerts would be fun. Is there like a favorite, you know, or do you more just like the landscape stuff the most? I know that's what you post the most of.
1: Yeah, I personally post the most of that. And probably just because that resonates a lot with my client or a lot with my followers. Um, I'll still post some commercial stuff here and there just because I like to I like to let people know like, hey, not only, I don't just do landscape stuff. Like if you want to hire me to do other jobs, like I also do concert videography and commercial videography and stuff like that. But um, I do enjoy doing the landscape stuff a lot. Um, it's just free reign. You don't have a director telling you like, hey, you need this shot or this shot to do that. Um, but I mean, it's just fun to do really anything with FPV just because it's it's fun to be kind of on the forefront and pushing the limits and like doing new and creative things. Like, for example, our last concert we did in, in Brooklyn, um, we live broadcasted drone footage from the drone to like all the video boards,
0: cool. which had like
1: never, never been done in that venue. Um, it's only been done a handful of times with other like concerts and stuff like that. And it's never been done in the way that we did it. So it's like, it's cool to kind of be like the first people to ever do something like that. Um, and even like a commercial shoot we did with uh, with this boat company we've been working with for, through this agency in LA. Um, it's been cool because it's like, it's the first time anyone's ever done FPV for a project like that. And so then it's like, to see the marketer for that company be hesitant about like even giving the budget to bring an FPV pilot on to do it. And then like, once they see the first shots, um, then like like being all in and like being in all of the projects. Yeah. Like being super stoked about how the project is coming along and how the FPV shots go. It's like, that's one of the most rewarding things is to like, once you finish the project, show the the people that hired you for it, that were like hesitant to do it in the first place. And then like, see their reaction once they see the shots for the first time. It's uh it makes it all worth it.
0: That's, I've had this, a similar experience, not with FPV, but just with like hesitant properties that are like, I don't know, you know, cause a lot of, properties have been screwed over by some influencers, just like not following through with what they say. But then when you actually are like, no, I'm gonna create something like really cool and different and then they see it and they light up, like that is super rewarding as a travel creator. And then you get to use that to get better and better and better deals in the future. It's like, it's it's fun. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very rewarding, um, especially seeing somebody like, willing to take the risk on you um and then see their reaction when they realize like oh this really paid off um yeah. it's just like the best feeling
0: 100 percent. is there <laughs> like a dream brand deal that you would want <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't know there's a dream brand deal like um one that's been like high on my my radar has been like i'd love to do some red bull stuff like i'd love to hmm. do some like extreme sports stuff the red bull like chasing regardless who it is like chasing just any extreme sport to to film it like that's Ooh. that's been high my radar um, one thing that's been very high on my radar that have that's like kind of like a bucketless item of mine is like, um, I don't have a specific one, but just like any movie production, like being able to like go out and fly FPV for a high budget, like Hollywood movie. That's like actually going to be in theaters and like being able to go in theaters and see that, see that my drone shots in a movie that's in theaters. Um, I just feel like that'd be super rewarding, um, to be able to like reach that level and reach that point where I'm doing jobs like that. That's that's kind of been like high on my bucket list for me
0: that's sick there was um i went to the telluride film festival a couple years back and there was a film called rivers and it was just like a small budget documentary but that's where you start right like with stuff like this and the opening shot was just like a four minute fpv shot down this like river that turned into a waterfall that went back into a river that went to a waterfall which is like similar to your content Um, And the whole film wasn't FPV footage, but there was quite a bit, honestly. Everyone was, like, in awe because, again, FPV is fairly new. And, like, the way that they were diving, it was obviously not a helicopter. So people are like, this is is sick. This is a new way to film planet Earth. So I don't know if you have any desire to do some, like, smaller films, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean. That's That's been okay. my thing is just like taking as many opportunities as possible and just like building as many connections and just doing all kinds of stuff. And it's like, that's what I tell people all the time is like, I mean, you hear all the time, it's like whenever, whenever you're doing what you love, like you don't really care about the money behind it. So it's like, yeah, there's so many projects all the time that I'm taking that's like, oh, it might not be like the budget that I'm hoping for, for a typical job, but like, I just love to be a part of this project. I would love, I just love flying and like doing what I do. So it's like being able to have these jobs and have these opportunities, like even if I'm not really making money on the job, like it's just like still so rewarding to go out and do it and be able to like build those connections and just build the portfolio of jobs that you're doing.
0: Yeah, I think there's like a misconception, at least from messages that I've received that people think that content creators are rich. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> You know, there are definitely some that make it work. And
1: yeah,
0: I don't know. But the lifestyle that you live is almost like mostly a trade. Like a lot of things are trades. You get really nice gear and fun products and fun brands sending you things and free places to stay and trips paid for and whatever. But it doesn't leave you with a ton of money in the bank. And like, I, it's so worth it. Um, but it also is a struggle sometimes cause it's like, you want to build up those finances and make those investments. But like at the same time, it's like the trips would be thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars anyway. So there's like a compromise of taking the trip instead of the money. And yeah. like you are like playing while you work, which yeah. is like a rare thing. It's pretty fucking cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've, I've definitely been blessed with like being able to establish an agency here in West Virginia as well that can kind of have some passive income coming in as well when I'm traveling and doing jobs. So it's like even if I'm not necessarily like making a lot of money off, off a job or like even like maybe I'm losing money on a job just because I really want to be a part of this project. Um, it's like I'm still able to kind of like balance it out with the work back home that my, my team is handling back home. So I've definitely been blessed in that that aspect of it.
0: That's really smart to have both.
1: (laughs) Do you? you. Oh, go Uh ahead. No, no. I was was saying definitely definitely a handful to to juggle it sometimes and manage, but um, it's definitely very rewarding.
0: Okay, that was my next question. Like, do you ever get burnt out? Because like, this is something that, I don't know, as a freelancer, it's waves, like it's waves of money, it's waves of emotion, it's waves of good times and bad times. Like, do you... Experience that, or just having the media company kind of like balance that out as a travel creator? Like, what's
1: um, the, having the media agency definitely like balance this out because, especially because we've, we've established um, like retainer clients and stuff as well that we know, like, okay, even if we have an awful month and we have no extra work, like, we know our retainer clients are going to keep us covered so. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's the most beneficial thing for us is that we have those clients already that are in, in place. So it's like, okay, we can have an awful month, have zero income coming in from um, any other jobs, but we're still covered from our retainer clients that are paying us monthly. So that was kind of like a biggest big push for me. Um, and kind of like a big goal for me when I was early on in, the, in establishing the agency was like getting those retainer clients that like we have on contract that like we know we're getting X amount per month. Um, so I know like, even the, the hardest thing for me was hiring people and putting them on salary was, okay, even if you have an awful month, you still have to pay them their salary. That was the hardest part. Yeah. So it's like, oh, even if we have two weeks where it's like we have no money coming in, I still have to give them that that paycheck at the end of the two weeks. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was the hardest part. But then building, and so that was like the biggest motivation for me building retainer clients that I know like, okay even if we have an awful month, I at least have my basis covered and my expenses covered for the business. So then like, I might not have extra money to spend, but at least I have my initial expenses covered. And then like, worst comes to worst, if I don't have any money coming to my pocket personally, like I have my savings and stuff set up in place as well, my own personal investments that I can pull from. Mm-hmm. So um, that was like a big thing for me, starting off was just being smart with my investments and where I was putting my attention starting off.
0: Yeah, because if you don't have that, Speaking from experience, it does get like it is an emotional roller coaster sometimes when you know, even if you have some retainer clients, like especially during COVID and stuff like that, you don't know if it's going to be something that like, they can actually follow through with. And so, yeah, freelancing is just like a different mindset.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely extremely hard at times in driving. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. like, what challenges have you faced? Just with your own, like, not with the media company, but, like, with your own travels and your own skills that you're trying to make money from while you're on the road, like, what's been challenging for you?
1: I think the biggest challenge that I faced was just getting started in FPV um, because it was such a big upfront of, of cost to pay for the, the gear. And also, when I jumped into it, it was very new, so there weren't a lot of people that, like, were doing what i wanted to do to where i was able to learn from them it was a lot of like okay i want to do this there's nobody to learn from i have to figure it out on my own so it was so i mean i i can't tell you how many drones we bought or like built or how many different cameras we tested or stuff like that um like we went through so many different iterations of drones and different cameras and stuff like that just being like okay here's what's working with this drone, here's what's not working, let's move to the next drone, build the next drone, get the next camera, spend all this money to get this set up, and then see what's working with it, what's not working, learning from that, building the next one. Um, and then like at the same time, there was so much pushback from the people around me as well, that we're just like, why are you spending so much money on this? Um, like business, like friends I have that are kind of like um, like mentors to me and like even like my own family and stuff like that, being like, you're putting a lot of money into this, Like You're not getting any return on it you haven't made any money on it like why like do you think it's smart to keep putting money into this um whenever i was like i know there's a vision for it i know there's a future in it i know fpv is going to be a big part of filmmaking in the future it's just not yet so um just being willing to put that kind of money into it and face that um that kind of pushback from friends and family that were like, Hey, like, I don't think you should keep investing all this money into it whenever you're not really getting a return. Um, but then like that all paid off. Like our first our first client we got with it, we got like uh we got a five figure contract with as soon as as soon as we got out of the gate with FPB. And it was like, okay, like that was like we put I mean we spent a year like learning how to fly, building drones, testing drones, doing X, Y, and Z to figure out how we can make this work before we even got our first paid job. Um, and it was like, and it, w- it was like a year of just like every single day grinding at it. Like it was like, I'd spend at least like two, three hours a day just focused on that while I was still doing all of the rest of the stuff with Pichette Media, the agency, and using that kind of fund, um, doing what I was doing with the FPV. But I figured that I, I think that was like the biggest challenge with it. And even then, like, um, still like new stuff with FPV, like investing in new gear, trying out new things. Um, I mean there's there's jobs where like they're like, Okay, hey, we want you to do this job. Like, are you able to do it? And we're like, Um, well, currently no, but we could probably figure it out. And so it's just like spending all this money to figure out how to make it work. And like even even like recently we had a job where we um where we probably put, we probably spent two times more trying to figure out how to get the drones to work, what drones we need to do the job, and stuff like that, than what we even made on the job. But then it's now something that we can then take and use for other jobs and stuff, and then um, get a return on in the future. So, I think that's just the the biggest challenge with FPV in general. Um, it's just like it's still very new. There's still a lot of people that only really see the benefit in it, and just like. Still, you're you're putting up a bunch of upfront costs on the chance that you're gonna make it with it and like be able to get these jobs with it.
0: Like we live in a different time. Like people are so nomadic now, and it's way more normalized. But if your friends and family aren't used to that, of course, it's gonna be this like block of not being able to see the bigger picture. But it's really cool that you had a passion for it, and you were just like, I'm just gonna do it because I know that if I push past this threshold of not knowing where the money is going to come from but knowing that it will happen like it will a lot of people don't get past that so props
1: appreciate it yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah that that's definitely the toughest part was just like having um people that like weren't weren't fully in support of like what I was doing um and like my family supported me through a lot of things but that was like the one thing that was like they were like ah they're like questionable about what I was doing. Um, but then, yeah, it's like, just like you were saying, it's like, they, people who have just had nine to fives their entire life. Um, they didn't really like understand the vision of it or understand like entrepreneurship or anything like that. Um, and that's what a lot of entrepreneurship is. It's just like taking the risk. Um, and it was, it's kind of the perfect opportunity for me because it was like, um, I'm young. Like it's like with, getting out of college and stuff like that, like being able to like have the opportunity to take those risks. Um, and I kind of started it like right while I was still in college and I was on scholarships, so like all my living expenses were covered. Um, I wasn't paying anything for college or anything like that. So it was kind of like the perfect opportunity to take that risk and grow in it because like, Worse comes to worse, I knew that, like, my my day-to-day life was still covered from scholarship or anything like that. So mm. I knew, like, I I had the, the time and opportunity to take that risk then. Um, so it was kind of like I was very blessed in that sense to be able to have that free time, have um, – that capability that like my, my livelihood wasn't dependent on it, that I could kind of invest everything back into the business and just kind of skyrocket it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, whereas if I was like having to pay for my own rent and having to pay for my own like, um, groceries and like that, like I wasn't out on scholarship, like I probably would have a different story, but having that definitely helped.
0: So yeah, I think having financial security plays a huge role in just being able to overcome these mental battles with freelancing, right? Because it's like if you have some level of security, you're like, okay, I know I'm going to be okay no matter what. But, like, did you have other people that supported you when you decided you were going to start doing this, or did you have to be kind of your own biggest cheerleader in a sense?
1: Um, it was like like my my family and parents like, support me to an extent. Like, they definitely – they definitely were like all for wanting me to chase after what I wanted to do. But at the same time, they always were like, just keep this as a plan B. So like they never, they never want me to drop out of college. Um, they wanted me to have an internship and a job through college to be like, Oh, like if p Media doesn't work out, like you could always fall back on this and like get a job doing this or like a nine to five doing this. So um they're definitely supportive in it, but they were also, like, wanting to just make sure that, like, oh, if it didn't work out, like, you have you have a, a fallback plan, um, which for me, and like, part of my motivation in dropping out of college was, like, I didn't want a fallback plan. Like, I kind of wanted my mindset to be, I'm all in on this, and, like, I don't have a plan B, so my plan A better work.
0: Mm-hmm. So that
1: was kind of, like, whenever I finally pulled the trigger and dropped out of college, I was just, like okay, like, I'm all in on this. Um, like, this is my only option. Like, I have to make this work. So that was uh, that was kind of, like, a little bit of my mindset dropping out of college and, like, just taking Peaship Media full-time was, like, I just want to be all in on it and it be, like, all or nothing, essentially.
0: Mm. I've talked with other creators about this, too. It's, like, you have to have this, like, delusional faith and, like, yeah. this, internal knowingness that the things that you want and the lifestyle that you want, like it, that's the only path, like that's the only yeah. way. So having a plan B it like that's out of love. Your parents love you. I get it. My parents do the same thing, but I think in order to really get that high goal, you, you can't think that there's a plan B because if it, in the back of your mind, you have this like plan B security, you're not going to push as hard at least I wouldn't (laughs) towards like (laughs) goal. That's so out there. That's so like outside of societal pressure, you know, yeah. you almost have to be like all the creators I've talked to so far. And like a bunch of people in my friend group, like we all are just kind of a little bit delusional. Like we have this vision for our lives. And it sounds like you did too, when you dropped out of college of just like There's no other way than success doing what I love. Like, I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. And that's just, like, it's so cool. Like, I love meeting other people that have that that mindset. Yeah. You'd have to be a little crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's just almost like I'm going to make it work or I'm going to die trying.
0: (laughs) Yeah, literally. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Dang. Well... I mean, hopefully they're supportive of you now. You've obviously yeah. proven yourself and it's all out of love. <laughs> like people want, you know, people don't want to see you starving on the streets is how I kind of think of it when there's <laughs> like anything projected onto me, that's like a limiting belief, you know, it's like, it's all out of love. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: And like my parents are definitely very supportive. And like anytime, if I ever need anything, like they would have totally stepped in I'm like, Hey, I mean like, even like, even, like, if I, like, with gear or anything like that, in the very beginning, it was, like, they would, like, be, like, help me out with, like, oh, like, I'm, like, oh, I really want this, like, piece of gear, but I'm, like, a, like, a few hundred dollars short. And they're, like, oh, okay, like, we'll, we'll help you out because we know, like, you are very passionate as so you want to get to that point. And, like, yeah. like, we see your vision as well. So they were, like, always very supportive or, like, would loan me money if I needed it or anything like that. Um and like even now, like if if for some reason Pichette Media like hit rock bottom or something like that, and like I was just like on the streets, like they would totally just like take me and help me out. So
0: yeah, <laughs> that's good to know. They wouldn't just be like, <laughs> <laughs> no, be Bye. On their own. Uh, Yeah, fine. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, so where do you kind of see FPV going? Because it's new, like uh, you said, you know. So I'm just curious.
1: It's, like, I mean, really, um, it's kind of just, like, up in the air, just figuring out, like, seeing where the market, like, goes. Because it's, like, when I first started, all I, like, saw for it um, was, like, just, like, the real estate stuff. And then it was, like, then doing joint tours for, like, commercial properties like that. And then, like, then we started getting hired to shoot concerts. Um, and we started getting sh- hired to shoot, like, just like any like all kinds of marketing some music videos stuff like that um so like it's hard to say like where i think it's going um and there's definitely a growth for it in every kind of aspect of filmmaking and videography i think it's going to start being used in a little bit of everything just because there's so many different ways you can use it um and there's so many like different variations of fpv you can do like you have from the little tiny drones that fly over people all the way up into like, we have like a, like a huge drone that carry like cinema cameras to use for like high budget projects. Um, so I don't know. If there's like a, like a specific direction it's going. I feel like it's a very, it's still so new that we're still kind of like feeling it out and seeing like where it works well, which for me personally, I feel like it's worked well in every industry we've used it for. Um, so it's just kind of like just, seeing seeing what happens, is being open to any type of work with it i think
0: yeah sky's the limit (laughs) yeah (laughs) um when you've traveled do you do most of your travel by yourself or do you typically like find these people who also do fpv or like what do your trips look like when you go to places like iceland which you said you've been how many times
1: uh, I think I was just there last week for the volcano. So I think that was my eighth time there.
0: That's wild. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> so, uh, but it's a little, it's just a little bit of everything. I mean, I've, I've gone on trips for myself. Um, may just work trips and I'm working for an agency, something like that. I've taken other, like other people that work in my agency with me. Um, I've taken like friends I have just like all across the U S or like met up with even friends from other countries in other countries, just like a little bit of everything. Um, It's not really, like, specific people that I travel with each time. Just people that I enjoy traveling with and friends that are just a a good time to be around, I guess.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Do you find it, like, that you have community? Because this is another thing that... A lot of creators struggle with and not a lot of us talk about it is just like lack of community because we're all kind of doing our own thing and yes we're like a collective community and we like i've never met you in person but like we have mutual friends in the industry and then we found each other like there's just this kind of tight (laughs) bit like you know if you're in a place they'll meet up and it's like very socially acceptable and you already have that like icebreaker within this community, which is like the most amazing thing when you're traveling by yourself, but at the same time of having all these people all over the world that you could go meet, like, I don't know about you, but I personally sometimes feel kind of lonely because I don't have like that group and we all travel together. Like, what's your experience with community in this industry?
1: Yeah. Um, I think it's hard to like foster deep relationships with people. And that's the hardest part in, like, the traveler, like, content creator industry. It's, like, fostering really deep relationships with people because, like, and I have, like, very good relationships and, like, probably the deepest relationships I've had with people that travel um, across, like, a couple of my friends that we travel with. Um, but it's, like, I was looking at it as, like, it's not like it's, like, we're just in so many different places around the world. that's like, you see them X amount of time throughout the year. So it's, it's definitely hard whenever you're like, oh, you're back home. Um, like whenever I'm back home in West Virginia. So it's it, I always tell people it like feels like I'm living like a double life. Like I have my friends back in West Virginia and like my community back in West Virginia that I'm hanging out with, but they don't really understand like the the, the life of like traveling and like experiencing other cultures and like having some of these life experiences and like, um, like taking and like, I mean... I personally, like, I'm sure you feel the same way, too, but, like, I feel like I come back from every single trip with, like, uh, a perspective change on life. Like, no matter what country I visit, like, the culture I experience to, like, just meeting people in that country and, like, hearing their stories and stuff like that. Like, I just have, like, you know just the slightest perspective change. I'm going to have a perspective change, whereas, like, my friends back home, my community back home, they don't really... um, they don't really like experience that. Um, they they aren't. They don't travel, and when they do travel, it's more like vacationing and just stuff like that, like going to the beach or something like that, just like relaxing. Whereas, like for us content creators, I feel like we're just constantly immersing ourselves in other cultures and like meeting people, and um, and it's less about just like escaping our life back home or like getting a vacation as much as it's like just the lifestyle that we enjoy. Um, and then, like we have friends like that that also do that, but. We don't get to hang out with them back home. We only hang out with them when we're on trips. Like I have so many friends that I've hung out with so many times, but I've never hung out with them in the U.S. It's always been in a different country, right. which is so funny. You know? Yeah, yeah. I have so many friends that I've like hung out with and spent weeks with, or like even months with, but it's always been in a different country. I've never hung out with them in the U.S. Like I don't know what their life, I don't know what their life life is like back home. I don't know what their lifestyle is like back home. Whereas like I know what their life's like whenever we're hanging out like in another country. So. I think, um, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting, especially, like, it's something lonely when you're back home, I think. Um, whereas, like, I feel like I'm blessed because I have people back home that, like, like, my, my employees and stuff like that, like, they're some of my best friends back home. Like, I hang out with them all the time. Like, we spend so much time together working, but then also, like, we hang out outside of work. Um, like, I'm a part of a CrossFit gym here. so like, I have friends in community at the CrossFit gym, um. Like I have church back home like i'm I'm friends and like very good friends, and I have deep relationships with people in the church back home, so it's like stuff like that um that's cultivated and fostered deep relationships, but in a different way than my deep relationships that I have with my friends that I travel with um so it's definitely a very interesting um combination and like I don't know, it's just it can be weird at times.
0: <laughs> everything you just said resonates with me, like I feel yeah, yeah. The exact same way. And here's what's been kind of a struggle for me too. And I'm probably just making it a struggle, but it's like when you come back from trips, like you said, and you're a different person because like these experiences with locals and these other creators that you've met, or like maybe you fall in love and you have all these experiences like all over. And then you come back to your friend group and they're like, so how was it? And you're like, okay, well, I feel like the black sheep of the group and everyone's just like, how was your trip when you come back? Cause I'm like the only one that just kind of like off for, you know, months at a time. And I'm like, I don't want to just sit and talk about myself the whole entire time. Yeah. Every time I see you guys. And like, also like, I saw the depths of the universe and like had a bunch of spiritual awakenings and blah, blah, blah. Like, do you really want to hear <laughs> <that>? <laughs> the things I manifested in like all of these like things that, probably are boring you know uh, that's how my yeah. trips always are it's not like yeah I sat on the beach and da, da, da. it's like yeah, I really <laughs> like learned so much about myself like on every single trip you know and it is there's a lot of beauty in having friends all over and then a friend group back home and stuff like that and then there's also just like you know there's not one place where I just always am and always fit in like I always just have to be my own best friend and like navigate the loneliness a little bit differently, I guess, <laughs> which is like yeah. part of this lifestyle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I totally, totally understand that and feel that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cause you don't want to like yeah. brag to people.
1: Exactly. You know and yeah. it's like?
0: It's not like just because I was on a trip and they weren't that like, I'm doing more. It's like we have different career paths and different ways of living and like there's yeah. just like
1: different definitions of wealth and different definitions of like a fulfilling life.
0: Yeah, hundred yeah. percent.
1: Yeah, yeah, I feel that, and I definitely feel like I mean, it's the same thing you're talking about, like coming home, and it's like then all the friends are like, you're you're hanging out with your friends, and like, oh, how was your trip? Like, how was this? How was that? And it's like I just I don't want to talk about myself. Yeah, <laughs> like I just want to hang out. Like I don't want to like talk. Like I don't. Uh, yeah it's just a weird weird dynamic
0: (laughs) yeah it is interesting but it's part of our journey (laughs) as creators like there's there's no perfect way of doing it I guess maybe we could create a perfect way there's been some creators that have come out recently and just been like I lack community like the conversation is starting to open and it I don't know it would be really cool to have some sort of platform or some sort of you know, Discord group or something where, like, everyone just kind of is there for each other um, and can vent about, like, if they're alone on a trip or, like, I don't know, there's... It'd be really yeah. cool some way to tie us together just a little bit more rather than just, like, see you later when you leave them on a trip and then, like, now you're on your own again and you have to find your next friends yeah, to travel with even, or whatever.
1: But then even then, like, I don't know if you feel the same way, but whenever like, I think COVID especially brought this out, like, there's just something special and different about personal, in-person relationships than being digital and, like, over the phone or anything like that. Like, it's a whole different level of deepness and um, just, like, personal connection when it's in person as opposed to digital. And so that's kind of, like, the thing that's always struggled is, like, So many friends that like I would I could totally see myself having a very, very deep relationship with, but it just lacks because there is the barrier of just not being able to spend time in person as opposed to it being digital.
0: There I forget who asked me. I think one of my friends recently asked me, because I've been hosting the creator trips, if I would just have the same group travel every single time. Like we are just the media team. And I was like, Okay, that would solve the community problem for sure. <laughs> Everyone getting to travel for free together, and we are like all go on these trips together. But then there's like something so beautiful too about like my first creator trip that I hosted. Like none of us really knew each other very well, and that like trip getting to know each other. Like I want to keep recreating that and giving like other people the opportunity to come in and like form these like literally lifelong relationships. Like the people on my last creator trip are like. I think lifelong friends for sure. And so, yeah, you know, there's a, it sucks. (laughs) It's like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like I want to continue cultivating new relationships because that's one of the crazy beautiful parts of what we do. But at the same time, like we, we don't have that solid set community of travelers that all are able and want to go to the same places at the same times kind of like if you end up in the same place cool and then bye and that was a really sad thing about bali as i met like so many amazing 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 creators and then like they would leave for a month and then by the time they got back i was gone and it's like that's one of those places where you meet the coolest creators from all over it's kind of like a creator hub but everyone just comes and goes like you don't you still even if you stay in one place you still don't have the creator community like your people like-minded people in the same place with you all the time Mm -hmm. so yeah I don't know it was a rant but it's (laughs) you know community's tough in this industry
1: it is definitely is
0: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) well I don't know we're doing our best we're figuring it out
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's a process and it's like, I don't know if there ever will be like a good solution to it. Um, I think it's just like finding your group of people that you can travel with when you can. And just like spending time with them when you can. Um, I think like that's been beneficial, like finding like consistent people that I travel with, as opposed to just like random people, like different people every single trip. Um, yeah. Which I think when you're first starting to travel, it's more so just like traveling with whoever you can find to travel with so you can afford to travel. Um, and then like as you get further onto it then you can kind of like be more picky and juicy with who you travel with um, so I think just like kind of growing that aspect and just like learning kind of like who your people are and um, then as you get into it then you start getting like paid jobs and projects then you're like hey can I can you come up with this project and they're like hey can
0: you come up with this project stuff like that
1: um, it's cool but it's just it's just a process
0: yeah that that is a yeah. good way to do it you know, just kind of, like, hiring your friends back and forth for
1: different brand yes.
0: deals. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Might start doing that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's similar to, like, what I even do with my agency back home. I, like, hired some of, my, some of my best friends from college and stuff to come work for me. Um, they were kind of working for their agencies. And I was just like, hey, like, I'll pay you, like, X amount more than what the agency paid you right now if you can work for me. Here they are. <laughs> and now we're just kind of like building uh, building a team of just like college friends hanging out, filmmaking, doing videography projects. And even like, we're looking at hiring a, another full time videographer. And it's another one of our friends from college who's kind of on board to come work for us. So it's, it's just like our friend group in college is now like coming into a business together and just dividing and conquering.
0: <laughs> hey, that's fun. Well, it seems like you're doing all you can to have that community you know yeah so it's working for (laughs) you um are there any other creative outlets besides videography and fpv that you would want to do in the future or is this like your hell yes creative outlet i
1: think like i think whenever i was first getting started it was kind of like just trying stuff out but once i found fpv that was kind of just like that was my outlet like i was like especially i mean in, in photography i was first starting out i was like just trying all kinds of different things so i like wasn't really sure like oh i always told myself because like you always find these photographers like really good at portraits and that's their thing Or are like these videographers you're like really good at weddings um and that's their thing and then i like that was i always felt weird because i like never found my thing and then once i started doing fpv i was like that's it that's my thing like fpv is my thing um so i'm even like moving more in the direction where i'm not even doing much photography videography stuff outside of fpv anymore like i'm kind of passing that off to the rest of my team I, i've told them several times like hey in the next like one to two years like i don't want to touch any other creative stuff other than fpv like i want fpv my sole focus and that be my thing um so, I feel like now I'm just like, I'm just all in on be Like, that it just really clicked for me once I started doing it. And like, it's just like really my passion now. So, I feel like that's just kind of what I'm all in on right now.
0: So, you know, a lot of people look up to you as a traveling content creator because that's a very sought after life, like getting paid to travel. So, what are, what's one tactical step that someone can do if they want to start? getting paid to travel or at least getting some expenses covered to travel.
1: I think the biggest thing is just like mm, practicing creating content and putting it out there. Um, I think the biggest thing that like you can be doing is just putting out content consistently. Um, like for me, I noticed my biggest times of growth are whenever I'm like, okay, I'm buckling down and I'm putting out a post every single day. Like that's the biggest times of growth for me. And, like, not getting discouraged by it either. Like, you might not – it might take months before you start to see a return on it. But, like, just trusting the process and trusting that it will happen and just, like, putting your head down and just grinding out at it. Um, Because even if the first posts you put out aren't great, it's, like, that repetition and continuously doing it, you're just going to continuously get better every single time. It's, like – I love talking about the study that this, like, uh, photography professor did where he – had his photography students, um, he split the class in two, and he said, okay, half the class, your job this semester is to create the best photo you can create. You only have to create one photo and that's like the best photo you can create and that's your like your only assignment for this semester. And then the other half of the class he said your assignment is to create as many photos as possible throughout this entire semester. Hmm. And the the half the class that created the that had the task of just creating as many photos as possible the ones that ended up having the best photos by the end of the semester, not the ones who spent the entire semester trying to perfect one photo. And so it's just like, just the act of repeatedly doing it and just learning from what you're doing, um, you just naturally get better at it. Um, like when I was trying to get better at photography, I carried my camera around with me every single day when I was in college. I'd carry my camera around the, every single day and I'd just snap photos around camp, campus between classes and just like throw them up my Instagram story. So like, I would just like shoot photos of interesting architecture. Or, like maybe some of my friends were, I'd snap some photos of them while I was out. Um, just random stuff like that just to get the repetition of doing it over and over and over again, because that's what's going to make you better. Um, so I would say just like, just get out there and just create content over and over and over again. That's what's going to make you better as a creator and, and, um, get people to notice you and get people to see your content. It was just constantly co- or continuously creating content.
0: What are the top platforms you think people should be posting on?
1: I think TikTok and Instagram are definitely the top two. Um, those top two of my books at least. Um, YouTube is huge and I'm trying to be better about YouTube. Um, I just don't personally fully understand YouTube. I'm not, a, I wouldn't claim to be a YouTuber. So like I, I'm still trying to figure that that platform out and figure out that realm. It's a different different animal than TikTok and Instagram. Um, but I would say TikTok and Instagram are are huge. I would say honestly, I think Instagram is is the biggest one um, for me personally. All of my biggest clients that I find, all of my um, like recognition and like attention comes from Instagram, and I think that's that's the biggest one for me personally. Um, but if you're looking to do brand deals and stuff like that. I would say YouTube is probably the best one for for looking at for brand deals and stuff like that. It's on okay.
0: YouTube. So short form video, TikTok and Instagram, yes. that's how you're going to start getting noticed.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially short form video because video content is key right now on social media.
0: Okay. I think honestly because a lot of your stuff, do you film horizontal and then crop or do you film vertical on your FPVs? Yeah.
1: So I used to film vertical. Um, I used to film both. So I would go out and so like my Faroe Islands trip, I, every single shot that I took, I'd do one flight in horizontal and then I had a little L bracket mount to mount my GoPro vertically. I'd flip the GoPro and I'd do the exact same flight vertically. Mm. Um, so I could get both formats. Um, but GoPro now created like a square profile for filming now. So whenever you film content, it's basically film in a square profile. So you can crop it both landscape or vertical if you want to. Okay. So that, that was like the biggest game changer for me. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't have to do twice as many flights anymore. I can do the same flight huh. and crop both ways out of it. Um, so they're not like a true square. It's like an eight by seven, but it's like close enough that you're not going to notice that like extra little difference. Um, that yeah. makes it worth it to, to just film it in landscape and then crop vertically. So, um, I like a lot of stuff that I'm shooting on my R5 or anything like that. Like if I'm no music, social media. I'm going to shoot it vertically. Um, whereas if I know I'm doing something for YouTube, I'll film it in landscape. So, um, just because it does, it does throw it off. Like if you're filming, uh, especially on a DSLR or something like that, where you're really going to notice depth of field and stuff like that. When you're filming landscape and you crop it vertically, it just like doesn't look right with the compression and like the yeah. depth of field and stuff like that. Like yeah. maybe like the average person wouldn't notice it, but like a filmmaker can definitely notice that like, hey, something's off with this compression and depth of field. Like, um, you definitely can, can notice. So I think, I think filming vertically is, is definitely the move when you're shooting any, any content for social media, filming vertically as much as possible, at least.
0: Okay. Okay. Awesome, Parker. Well, we've <laughs> been talking for, I think, over an hour. So I just I value your time and I just really appreciate you being here. There's tons of golden nuggets that aspiring creators and current creators can hopefully take from this. So where can people find you, like your website, social media? <laughs> all that.
1: Um, I think all of my handles across social media platforms is FPV, so TikTok, Instagram, um, and YouTube. I think it's easier just to search my name Parker Shepard on YouTube and then you'll okay. find find my YouTube channel. So,
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again for being here.
1: <laughs> of course. Thanks for having me. <laughs>
0: All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in. <laughs> MCA is a four-week mindset masterclass for those who want to embody the self-belief to create and manifest their dream life. If you've been ready for change and you have ideas and you want more out of life and you want to travel and live big and live bold and you have that feeling inside of you, that you're destined for something bigger than what you're doing. This is the course to help enhance and unlock the self-belief that's within you so that you have the mindset to go after what you want. I hope you have an amazing week and see you next time.